Hello, and welcome to this episode of Exploring Faith. This week, Lorna speaks on the theme of gifts as we launched our 2020 Christmas toy appeal. Today's message was based around 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to 15. If you want to hear more from us, all of our services are broadcast live at 10.15 every Sunday morning on Facebook and on YouTube. Just search Morley Salvation Army. So, what were some of the best presents that I can remember receiving as a child at Christmas? The game Operation. I can remember having hours of fun playing this game with my family. Christmas evening, we would spend next door at my nan and granddad's house and on my nan's kitchen table, we would set the game out and there we would spend many hours playing and having fun together. Another year, I can remember receiving a beautiful doll's cradle with beautiful drapes. One of the best gifts I ever received was my bionic woman doll. She was dressed in a royal blue jumpsuit and red shoes, and she was fab. She had a large red handbag which contained loads of secret agent stuff like maps and wallets. And of course, the everyday handbag essentials, a comb, brush and mirror. She had special arms and legs that were covered in skin-coloured rubber that you could roll up to reveal her bionic components. It was amazing. Now, I'm sure we have all received teddies at Christmas. Well, I've received many teddies over the years, but there was one teddy that stood out from the rest. If you looked at it, you would think it was just a normal teddy, but oh no. Oh, no, it wasn't. You see, my teddy was blue and white. It wore a blue and white scarf and a blue and white hat. It was my Worcester City teddy, my football teddy, the team I used to go and watch on Saturdays with my dad. Wow. I think this was one of my favourite presents. Yes, it was TV tennis. I thought I was something when I received this present at Christmas. It was the in thing at the time. We had great fun playing with this game. Those were the days. I'm sure you can remember presents you have received that have meant something special to you. And some of you have commented um, about the gifts that you've received. But you know, as I sat preparing for this morning, thinking about gifts and the, the Christmas toy appeal, and as I sat thinking back to the Christmases I spent as a child and growing up, it wasn't actually the material gifts that I remember most, although they were great. But it was the special time we spent together as a family. The times that I went out to the different old people's homes with the singing company and YP band playing and singing carols. It's the times where I took part in the carol service at the, the chapel at the hospital. It was the times going around the streets playing carols to the lonely people. 
It was Sunday school, Christmas parties, the young people's carol service, going around the hospital wards on Christmas morning, carol playing in town every Saturday leading up to Christmas, going around the pubs on, on Christmas Eve, evening playing carols, the giving of toys at the toy carol service, sitting in the core coffee shop, talking and listening to people who struggled and felt lonelier at Christmas, seeing the faces of parents who now have gifts to give their children on Christmas morning. I could go on and on and on. But this Christmas, this Christmas is going to be different for all of us in so many different ways. Our Christmas isn't going to look like it normally does. Spending time with family will look different. Going out playing carols is going to look different. How the Christmas toy appeal is going to run is going to look different. But do you know, for a lot of people in our community this Christmas, it's going to be the same as it always is. There will be people who will be on their own at Christmas. People who will feel isolated from everything and everyone. There will be people who will be struggling financially. There will be par parents who won't know how they will afford presents and food for their children. There will be people struggling with their mental health. And sadly... Sadly, this year, there will be many more people who will be feeling and struggling in the same way. So, what can we do to make Christmas a little better for these people? What will happen when we give? In our scripture reading this morning, it teaches us about how we should give. You may be thinking that we are only talking about money here. Actually, it goes a whole lot deeper. When Paul wrote this letter, he was concerned that the Corinthians do the right thing. He wanted to see their hearts change at the deepest levels. He didn't just want them to give. He wanted their heart to change as they gave. Paul gives us two guidelines and two benefits of giving. Let's just spend a few moments looking at these. Give generously. Paul is clear in this passage, we need to give generously. In verse 6 he says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. He uses a, a farming image here to help us understand it a little better. You could sow in a tight-fisted way, but this doesn't make sense when you think about it. If you sow sparingly, you won't get much of a result. It doesn't make sense to try to save on seeds when each seed could produce anywhere from 30 to 100 times the amount of seed that you sow. The alternative Paul gives is to sow bountifully. Paul wants them to give in a generous, open-handed way that will lead to a bountiful harvest. 
Paul's message here is very clear. Don't give sparingly. Become someone who gives as generously as possible. It may be this Christmas, rather than you taking, you make it your aim to become a more generous giver. Give cheerfully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. You would think that it's enough to give generously, but it's not. Paul also wants us to give cheerfully as well. Everyone should give the amount they've decided in their own heart. What you give is something you need to work at. It's between you and God. It's not to be a a public decision, nor should it be flaunted. However much you decide to give, two things should not be true about your motives. It shouldn't be motivated by sad feelings. I read that the word reluctantly refers to sad or distressed giving in contrast to happy giving. Whatever you give should not be motivated by negative feelings. It shouldn't be motivated by external pressures. It's just between you and God. God doesn't want you to give out of guilt or pressure. So how then? How then should we give? Deuteronomy 15:10 says, "You should give to him freely, and your heart should not be grudging when you give to him, because for this the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all that you undertake." Here Paul says, "God loves a cheerful giver." Paul teaches us that there are two ways to fail at giving. If you give generously, but not joyfully, you've given the wrong way. If you're joyful, but not generous, you failed. God wants us to give. He wants your generosity, and he wants your joy. He wants you to be cheerful, and he wants you to be obedient. Giving generously and cheerfully is one of the greatest privileges of life. And it comes with some amazing benefits. I think more of us would give if we knew how many benefits we could enjoy when we give generously and cheerfully. So, what are these benefits? There are two main benefits that he mentions. God will give you what you need to continue to be generous. Here's the amazing thing. When you give, you benefit. God is no one's debtor, says D.A. Carson. He bestows all kinds of heart gifts on people who give. God blesses generous givers. Verses 8 to 11 is all about that. The Bible repeatedly says that God richly blesses extravagant givers. We are personally connected to the God who is able to lavish us with everything we need. 
you may be asking yourself, why would God do this? Well, verses 10 and 11 tells us why. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. God will give you what you need so that you can continue to be generous. God gives generous people more so that they can keep giving more. God gives generous churches more so they can continue to be more and do more. God will use your gifts to bless others. When you give, others benefit. Paul mentions three specific ways that others will benefit. It will supply the needs of the Lord's people and it will also overflow in many expressions of thanks to God. It will cause others to thank God and give glory to him. When you give, you will be an answer to someone's prayer. When God uses you to meet their needs, they will thank and glorify God as a result of your gift. It will bring you closer to others. They will long for and pray for you because of your generosity to them. The benefits of giving are amazing. Helping others is amazing. Not only that, but you will be changed. God will do a work in your heart as you learn to give this way. Give generously and cheerfully because of what it will do for you and for others. It's interesting how Paul concludes this scripture reading. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. What is Paul referring to here? Maybe he's referring to the, the glorious picture of Christians giving to help others. Maybe he's praising God for his work of turning us into generous givers. But underlining that gift is an even greater gift, the gift of a generous saviour who gave his life for us. Paul doesn't end with our generosity. He ends with the generosity of Jesus. His generosity transforms us so that we become a generous people. Do you want to experience this? Do you want to become a generous, cheerful giver? so that you'll be blessed and others will be blessed by you. I want to experience it. I hope you do too. You may be thinking to yourselves, well, I haven't got much to give and how can I be a, a generous, cheerful giver? Well, let me remind you of this this morning. You do. You do have everything you need to be a generous, cheerful giver. You have Jesus. 
Jesus is available to all if you choose to accept him as your friend and saviour. Offer your all to him today. Give generously and cheerfully, not only because of what it will do for you, but what it will do for others. Give generously and cheerfully, not only because of what it will do for you, but what it will do for others. And does thou ask a gift from me, the talents I possess, such as I have, I give to thee, that others I may bless. I have not much to give thee, Lord, for that great love which made thee mine. I have not much to give thee, Lord, but all, all I have, is thine. Give your all. Give generously and cheerfully so that others may be blessed through you.